right, Coach. Thanks for doing this. Hey, no problem. Welcome to the Indiana Rider po- Indiana Rider podcast. Yep, sounds great. Uh, so I was thinking about a way we could kick off this conversation, and so I ran for you what 2010 to 2014. Yep. And I don't know if you had any stories or memories from my time running for you. Well, um, we'll, we'll save the, the negative ones or the <laughs> that are embarrassing for probably both of us um, <laughs> right. those for another time. But I, I think like when I, when I look back on those years um, at Fishers, I mean, you were with Calvin Kraft, Drew Urban, Tyler Warren, uh, just mm-hmm. a bunch of great guys. And um, I know I look back on those times and so does Trevor Thompson, who, you know, um, mm-hmm. probably call them the dark years. <laughs> I mean, you know, our history, we, we became a high school in 2006. We go to the state the first three years, we win state the second year. And then 2008 drew shields win state as an individual in cross country. And then, um, kind of after that, and I've been a part of programs since day one. Um, you know, I was young as a coach and the wheels kind of fell off. Right. I mean, it, it kind of, mm-hmm. I would call it the dark years. But I remember because you started running with us. I'm not, you know, you became a freshman. I think it was 2010, but you were running with us before that. Like you yeah. were some of the off seasons, you and um, Drew Urban and Calvin would come over and train with us sometimes in the off season in the mm-hmm. winter, maybe all the way back as long as it's seventh grade, if I wasn't mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, what I remember about you, especially is like you dreamed, you were a dreamer and, you, you believed in what we could accomplish as a program, probably even before anyone else, including myself did, because we, we were just going through some struggles as a program. I was learning how to be a coach and how to coach talent. I mean, I think when we came out of the gate back in 2007, it just, you know, my second year being involved in a program at this level, mm-hmm. I just felt that was easy, you know, you know, I mean, that second year in track in 2008, that spring season, Drew Shields wins two state titles on it in Indiana at the at the Bloomington meet, and so it's just like, oh man, this is gonna man, this is gonna be a dream here. You know, yeah. this, is, this is easy. But then you know, I become head coach in the um, fall of um, what was that? It would have been fall of 2008, and started being the head track coach in 2009. And it wasn't as easy as it started out those first three years when you had all the. I mean, we've always had talent, but learning how to direct that talent, but you just, you had this unbelievable ability to dream and dream big. And then I just, it all culminated. If you remember back your junior year at that state track meet, you were on that four by eight. Mm-hmm. Was that? that was, it was probably Nico Foster. Mm-hmm. Cal, I remember Calvin Kraft and Brendan. Yep. Yep. You guys finished state, state. I think you finished fifth in the four by eight. Yep. Yep. I just remember just being so happy that you know in cross country we never got it done you got to watch calvin run the state meet his junior and senior years but he never individually meddled we weren't good enough we just always had these issues come up either illness or some crazy things come up i think it was what year was that that would have been i think it was calvin's senior year if i'm not mistaken yeah Trevor would have been a sophomore and we were at the Burbuff regional if you remember mm-hmm. and it was oh my goodness I felt like it was like a torrential downpour. And if I'm not mistaken, Daniel Grywe took a turn, took out Tristan Strobel, 
somewhere yeah. went down. And I, I mean, it was just around that time. We just, we, we, we just didn't know what we were doing in a lot of ways, including myself. And um, just to see you have the ability that junior year to put a medal on your neck at the state meet down in Bloomington. That was, that was really special. That was really yeah. special for me. And I think it just really, it kind of, it kind of dominoed after that. Like, so if you remember Rocky Pollock's class, they kind of, mm-hmm. they kind of started changing the culture of the team mm-hmm. and then your team kind of had the, had a lot of talent and you started, you kind of carried that forward. And then Trevor's class came in and then we just, and come in about 2015, we just started rolling and we've been on a roll ever since. So yeah, it has to do with your class and what you guys kind of instilled and how you paid it forward to the other classes. And it's been going on now for over a decade. And I mean, that's probably the biggest memory of your class. Cool. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I know we like we joked that they were the, they were the dark ages of the yeah. program and I, like we weren't bad by any stretch of the imagination, no. but and as we'll get into uh, later, it's been like cool to see you evolve as a coach and like obviously the you know, first couple of years you're figuring things out and we had success early. Um, and I don't think it would have been the dark ages if it wasn't for that success early because we like from the beginning we we were a solid team and we've just been progressing as a program ever since. Yeah. Um, so for you personally, uh, and you're running, I'm going to take it all the way back to the beginning. Did you grow up uh, playing other sports? Was running the only thing? How did you get in into the sport? So um, I'm 46 years old. So um, <laughs> back in the 80s, I grew up playing soccer, um, playing basketball, playing baseball. My dad was the optimist coach of all those. I mean, we I remember the falls are filled with playing soccer and then I go home and watch, you know, college football, watch professional football on Sundays. And then the fall or in the winter, I play basketball. So the Optimist League of basketballs, and then we play baseball in the spring. And then, so actually growing up, funny thing is my love was football. Like really? I, loved, I didn't play it. I loved okay. it. Like I, I, I mean, my dad played football in high school for a little bit. He went to cathedral, um, grew up, you know, as a, a huge Notre Dame fan, um, huge Colts fan. But before the Colts moved here, I was a huge Bengals and Redskins and 49ers fan. Um, so back when I was in the fifth grade, um, my dad said, okay, let's, let's get you into some youth league football. So he looked into it. And for those that don't know, I, I, um, I grew up in the Mount Vernon school district there on the East side. And so when my dad looked into it back then, um, he found out that I would have to play football in the Warren Central School District because of where we lived, because we lived right on the Mount Vernon Warren Central um, border right there, um, kind of over in the Glen Oak subdivision over near Cumberland, Indiana. So my dad wasn't real thrilled about that. And he told me, well, we're not going to play football because I don't want you playing football with a bunch of kids you don't, you're, you're not even grown up with. So mm-hmm. I basically playing football with a bunch of kids I didn't even know. At the time, my dad was, you know, he had been training for many marathons and running on his own. So he's just like, why don't we try running in the fifth grade? So I went on some runs with him and kind of did that off and on through the fifth grade. And then sixth grade, um, went to some summer practices leading into my sixth grade year at um, Mount Vernon Middle School. Um, Coach Coach Falkenberg was the coach back then. And first practice, I think we went on like a three, four mile run. And I stayed up with (laughs) the varsity guys who were eighth graders and Nice. Then it kind of just 
tumbled from there and you know i've been running every since ever since um ran um senior year in high school um just oh, probably maybe junior senior decided i did want to run collegiately and um at the time i thought i was going to go down to university of evansville and run for them but then during the application process and all the financial aid process found out that the scholarship that was promised to me wasn't actually a scholarship it wasn't actually going to happen so I, w- I was at Evansville for one semester then I transferred to Butler um, when I was at Evansville I ran a little bit on my own just kind of stayed in shape and then um, talked to coach Lyons there at um, Butler who he was coaching there and then I came up to Butler as a walk-on um, I was never to be honest with you I was never talented enough to be a scholarship athlete or anything I, I think it might man I don't know I think my PR 5k PR back in the day was maybe a 1635. That's solid. Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not in Hamilton County now, but I'm definitely not in Hamilton County now. No. Um, but I remember back in the day, I used to, we used to compete against HSC and HSC was the biggest Mount Vernon back then. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, over there on 96th street, it was all cornfield and everything. There was like a country road that run through there and now it's <laughs> up. So ended up going to Butler and when I went to Butler, um, Coach Litskin was a senior there at that time. Well, okay. You remember me, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> other, um, um, Coach Alberts, who coached at Westfield for a while, he was running at Butler. Um, Coach Baltes, who ended up being um, my grad assistant when I was at Butler, then eventually now is at Grand Valley State University coaching. And has okay. been, I want to say he's been there for now over, over two decades, was there. And then Joe Franklin, who is now at, in New Mexico University, um, University of New Mexico. He was a, he ended up being the coach there because Stan Lyons, I think, retired like right after I showed up and then ran for Butler, um, cross country and track and field and loved it. And I, I, th- I think back then I, I, I never knew I was going to be a coach. <laughs> I had no <laughs> aspirations of being a coach. Really? Okay. So, but in this looking back, I think I gleaned so much from coach Franklin and coach Baltes at that time. And just also being around just a bunch of great, great athletes. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I wasn't, I don't even know if I was top 10. I mean, you had a bunch of just fantastic athletes at Butler at the time. Um, my final year there, we finished 16th in the nation. Wow. And we had some runners from Africa with us. Um, and then some um, Rob Carr, who's now an ultra marathoner. He was from Canada. He was running there. Lincoln McKinley, who was a, when I was at Mount Vernon, he was at New Palestine. He ran there. Um, who, Justin Young, who's from Illinois, was running there at the time. Wow. I mean, you just, I mean, it was, it was, it was a special time to be there because I was there when Butler kind of the foundation is being laid for what it has become. And this, mm-hmm. it, I mean, for how the size of Butler it's it's an amazing program but i think yeah a lot of i didn't know at the time but i think a lot of kind of the foundation of what i am was kind of starting to be formed when i was at butler yeah absolutely and so you said you you didn't have any aspirations of coaching like while you're at butler did you know you wanted to teach while you're at butler no no okay. I'm still, <laughs> i majored in finance and minored in chemistry okay. um and the reason why I was a minor in chemistry, because I realized kind of late in the college career that I didn't like finance, but <laughs> at that point, you know, I mean, Butler's not cheap. 
it was too late. <laughs> it was too late in the game to change my mind. So I went ahead and got a minor in chemistry. And then I worked then in um, the spring of two, um, 1999, got a job at Roche Diagnostics as a research and develop scientist. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Stayed there. I think your dad worked there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. Yep. Um, worked there for about three years. And um, then back in 2003, we found out our product line was getting sold to our vendor out in California. And I had the opportunity, if I wanted to, I could move to California and be part of that transition and have a job out in um, Pleasanton, California. But I, I knew I just wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. And I'd already gone through the, I was already thinking about going to teaching. So I did a transition mm -hmm. teaching program at the University of Indianapolis. Okay. And then I remember, so after I got, I guess you could, not, I guess it's laid off, but also I got a severance package and all this stuff from Roche Diagnostic in the spring of 2003. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I actually up and left and went out to San Francisco for two weeks on my own in my Jeep. Whoa. Okay. Um, when I was out there, my mom called me and said, Hey, um, coach Kendall, the, my, the, the coach who coached me at Mount Vernon and is still there now said, um, he, he invited you or not, it wasn't him it was his wife. They called and say he's having his 50th um, birthday party. Okay. That would have been in June of 2003 and the, you're invited. And she's like, are you going to be back in time? I was like, yeah, I'll be back. So I went to the birthday party. Uh, it's right. It was in the church right next to Mount Comfort elementary and talked to coach Kendall. And then he found out my, um, I was going back to UND to become a teacher. Mm -hmm. He goes, um, we have this really, he, and he asked me, you know, are you still in shape? I was like, yeah, I'm still running a little bit on my own. And he goes, what do you think about maybe coming out and helping this fall? And um, we have a runner, Brad Untrier, who, you know, be good if you could run with him and just kind of mm -hmm. just be a part of it. And um, then in the fall of 2003, I joined Mount Vernon as a um, volunteer coach, um, ran as much as I could with Brad Untrier, who was, I mean, that was my first experience with a high school athlete that talented. Um, he was a state medalist his final two years, his mm -hmm. junior and senior year. Um, fantastic runner went on to run at um, Miami University there in um, Ohio and then from there I, I, I so I coached there for three years as I transitioned to teaching and then my connections at Mount Vernon with um, one of their assistant coaches coach Leonard and he um, he knew he, his ex-wife his ex actually was at Fishers and they were okay. putting the staff at Fishers High School because at the time it was just a freshman campus and um, they were looking for a chemistry teacher, which is what I was in the process of becoming. And he called her, sent her an email. Then she reached out to me, or I can't remember if it, maybe it was the other way around, and immediately called in for an interview, um, interviewed mm -hmm. with Libby Thomas. And then that same day, I interviewed with the, the then principal, um, Dr. Syverson, and then called uh, back for a second interview, interviewed with John Miles, who was the AD at the time. And then I met um, Rob Seymour, who was the, the coach, who was the one who was placed in to be the first coach of Fishers High School. Mm -hmm. Met him actually at the state girls track and field meet. What year would that have been? In 2006. Well, Two, okay. Um, I was there with Coach Kendall, and Coach Kendall just basically went up and introduced me to Coach Seymour. Okay. Uh, kind of, you know, if you ever met with Coach Kendall, you, I mean, don't ever be surprised about anything. He, um, <laughs> he is, he is excessively loyal and just, he wants the best for all the people that he, he deals with. And so he just, he made it happen that I met coach Seymour that day. And then 
probably, man, I want to say the Tuesday or Wednesday after that state meet, I interviewed, I met up with, um, Rob Seymour at, I think the Panera bread there at 96th street. Okay. Yeah. And basically the rest is history. I, I, I became final that I was going to be teaching at Fishers. And then I was at the first ever Fishers cross country practice. Um, wow. the rest is history. So the, your days at Mount Vernon, did you like know pretty early on that, okay, I really enjoy coaching. This is something I want to do. Or was it kind of just passing the time while you were in school? I think that like? it was more like, um, it was probably more like a sense of loyalty to coach Kendall and just like, mm. Hey, he needs me. He asked me, um, Mount Vernon had this insanely talented runner and they didn't have anybody that could run with him. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think, I think back then there's only maybe five or six guys on the team. And Brad was a 1540, 1550 guy. Wow. And which is way better than I ever was. So, I mean, there's some things I could do and something, you know, on like workout days, I do every other interval because I okay. was doing, but I think it's more a sense of loyalty to coach Kendall. And then after a while, I was like, Holy heck, man, I actually kind of enjoy this, you know? Yeah. And, it wasn't just about being, you know, kind of a training partner to Brad. It was also about just getting to know the kids, just kind of, you know, it was maybe you're, you're filling a void that, you know, or an unfulfilled part of your career too, in some ways early on, like, you mm. know, yeah, I always felt like my career as a runner myself was a little unfulfilled and just, just kind of just continuing that on in a different way and just, you know, helping out these in some ways I look at this way, you know, just helping out these young men be better as a, be better than I was. Like if Mm -hmm. I, if, if, you know, that's kind of something I really think about every once in a while. I was like, if all of our varsity runners are faster than I was, then, then I've done a great job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's, I mean, like, like I said, I I never really intended ever to be a coach when Mm -hmm. I, decided to be a teacher but when I look back now oh my gosh it's almost <laughs> 17 well it's 20 years since I made the decision I mean <laughs> I, I I don't think I would actually teach if I wasn't a coach okay that's how okay. much it's kind of become a part of my life I mean and it's just it's something I really enjoy and it's just it's just I don't know what the fall and the spring would be like without cross country and track and field yeah absolutely Okay, so you're at Fishers. Uh, what are those early days like? That's a really unique situation getting to be at the start of a program. And yeah, um, yeah, what was it like building a culture, building a team? Um, I think about it. The, the whole saying that if I knew then what I know now. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think we'd be a whole hell of a lot better. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, right. and I was an idiot. I, I was, I wasn't man. So that would have been 2006. I was 30 years old. Um, step into this program. I remember our first meet ever was in August of 2006. And it was, we ran a 5k during the halftime of the HSC Fishers football game. The first ever HSC Fishers football game. We ran a halftime meet. So like that meet, was like, that, that was the halftime show. Yeah. So it was at HSC. So we did, I think, one or two laps on the track, then they went out, did a course, and came back and finished on the track. No way. And, I mean, HSC was one of the best teams in the state. They were probably one of the top, you know, five, 10 teams in the state. And here we are, just this lonely new first program. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We had Drew Shields, never ran cross country, never did anything. Alex Shields, never done anything. Um, Nate Piggish, never run anything. Mm -hmm. um, the only experience we had in our top five were Kel Allen and um, Tyler Stegman. And mm -hmm. we walked out there and we beat HSC in a dual meet. Uh, and then like a week and a half, two weeks later, we finished, I think, 10 points behind Carmel at the okay. county. So it's just like, I mean, it was a whirlwind from day one. Like, I mean, we had insanely talented athletes. Mm -hmm. And the, the reason why I go back, say only if I knew then what I know now, I mean, I, I guess in hindsight, I, I didn't know if I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. you know and i mean they were insanely talented and i often think we just won in spite of what we were doing <laughs> yeah with you i mean also you you learn this as you become a coach longer and longer is like i think early on the 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 lines between friendship and like being a friend with the kid and then being a coach it, it mm -hmm. blurred, which kind of got in the way of myself re myself becoming a better coach and them also reaching their own potential mm. and the funny thing is now we look back i mean I, I still talk to a lot of those guys on a on a you know three or four times a week and like we have group chats on text and everything so i mean we still stay in contact but it's kind of amazing thinking about to it like that year in 2007 we went we went undefeated and at the end i don't even know how we kept the wheels on yeah it, it was <laughs> it was a mess. I mean, I don't, it, I mean, I remember we almost lost to Carmel at the regional meet. I think maybe they, we beat them by two points. Um, then we got the state and it wasn't Carmel. We had to worry about it, it was Laporte and Mike mm. Fowl and, and oh, we yeah. behind us. And it, it was just, it was a special time. And then when you got the track watching the way our four by eight had instant success, we finished second the first two years. Um, I think the first year we lost to Franklin Central and then the second year we lost to Noblesville and then um, you know Drew Shields in those first three years won three state track titles and ran a, won a yeah. title and then he was All-American I mean so it was it was a special time but I think it also it clouded what it took to actually be successful yeah yeah absolutely uh so you were an assistant in those early days. Yes. Uh, was the goal to be a head coach or did you kind of just step into it and had to figure it out? What was that transition like? So, I I mean, I think I wanted to be a head coach. Mm. Just wasn't sure how that would take about because, you know, um, at that time, Rob Seymour, he, he's just a little older than me. So, you know, I mean, the way it was working back then, Rob, Rob was a head, he was a head coach of both boys and girls and, he was really more kind of directed towards the girls program, especially mm -hmm. in 2007. And I was, especially the state championship year, I, I really had a lot to do with the training and the workouts for the boys program. Um, but then I'm sure you're, I mean, unfortunately there was an unfortunate incident with our principal back in December of 2007. Um, he was fired. And then that kind of, it kind of snowballed into a series of events that led to me becoming the new head coach because mm -hmm. Once that happened, our assistant principal at the time, Jason Urban, was promoted to the the, you know, mm -hmm. the the interim principal, and then eventually became the acting principal. And then, if I'm not mistaken, at that time, something happened where Ryan Taylor was, I think, a dean, and then eventually he took on he he filled Jason Urban's role as an 
as the assistant principal. So then we had an opening in the dean's office. And then Rob mm -hmm. Seymour stepped into that position in the dean's office, which means now at that point, we we needed a head cross country coach for both boys and girls. So um, at the time, the ADs came to me and said, um, you can have either both positions or just one of the positions. It's, it's totally your call. What do you want? And I, after a lot of thought and talking to some people, especially Coach Kendall at Mount Vernon, decided I, I just I just only wanted to be a boys coach. Mm -hmm. So I, I took the boys head job heading in the 2008 season. And then at the time, coach Ryan Potter was all, the head track coach in the first two years of the program. He left to go to coach Pendleton Heights. And so I also at the same, same yeah. became the head track coach, which was a lot more than I ever thought it was to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, track, track is a different beast from a coaching perspective than cross country. So okay. I, I, I can't view myself. I can't really envision myself doing anything being a head coach now, but it kind of it kind of did fall in my lap. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I never take for granted what was what's been given to me and the blessing that it has been. And I mean, I have a job that a bunch of coaches would just would die to have, mm -hmm. and I don't take that for granted. And it's it's a blessing to yeah. coach. At, at this school district to have this support from parents to have this support from my administration and it's it's a blessing yeah absolutely that's a cool perspective uh so what year is this what year did you take over as that coach um so so this is my 17th year at fishers so that would be this is my 15th year being the head coach and my 20th year coaching overall okay so over those those 15 years of the program um what are some highlights, maybe some lowlights, some lessons learned? I don't know. What's it been like? Um, the lowlights, I think we already talked about those were the <laughs> every year I was there. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, from 2009, I remember 2009. I mean, we had a decent team, but then one of our, our top athlete um, actually got swine flu or well, I don't know if it was swine flu or something else and couldn't run sectionals. And that's back when sectionals at that time was at Northview and, if I'm not mistaken, Zionsville is still part of the sectional. It was us, Carmel, Zionsville, Westfield, Noblesville, HSC. It, you know, it was a crazy yeah. stinking sectional. And uh, <laughs> we didn't make it out. Um, so we went from winning the state meet in 2007 to not making out of our own sectional in 2009. Mm -hmm. So, and then 2010, 2011, 2012. Well, 2012 was a little better because, um, Calvin Kraft was in the program at that point and um, 2012 would have been his junior year and he made state as an individual. And then his senior year, you probably remember this. He got on a run. I mean, yeah, that, that I mean, he was winning everything. I mean, we went over to Peoria to the, to the, um, that um, it's now called the first of the finish invite. Mm -hmm. And he won that race easily. If you, if you remember, and right after that, he won that race, Notre Dame, like started talking to him Loyola was talking to him and he was just on a roll um and that role kept up and then he you know I mean he faced Zach Snyder at the regional didn't win there but then he got to the state meet he was looking fantastic mm -hmm. uh, coming out the gate this was 2013 I think he was in fifth or sixth place with as you kind of come out of tent city onto the stretch there at Laverne mm -hmm. and well as Laverne has a tendency to do on warm days <laughs> Um, she took her um, 
she took her victims and <laughs> craft about 200 yeah. I think he finished somewhere in the 30s and then in hindsight afterwards um i think actually that day too zach panning went down who was winning the race yeah uh, maybe 100 or 200 meters to go too it was a warm day and like kind of looking back on it talking to calvin what i didn't realize is he didn't eat that day really yeah he he, he and i think that's just a lesson learned is like how don't just make these assumptions as a head coach like mm. still our teenage boys yeah you know i mean still even the, like calvin Bennett, that was his fourth year with me you know i mean mm-hmm. one of the smartest kids i've ever met in my life smartest human beings i've ever met in my life um, <laughs> he's something else the day of state his senior year one of the top five runners in the state of indiana hardly eats any food on one of the hottest days i've seen at laverne and it came up and reared its ugly head with him and yeah so um yeah i remember standing at the finish line of that race and watching him come down the final stretch that was so hard to watch because he could he could barely stand right he was like yeah yeah wobbling. He was yep that was, yeah he, that he was ran to watch. so i think the lesson learned there is just like no matter what just keep just remember the, these are teenage boys um mm-hmm. no matter what you just you gotta you gotta help guide them help be their compass um remind them nonstop yep. <laughs> what we need to do to be prepared. Um, but that kind of started that whole process where then in 2014, we made it to state as a team. I think we made that year. I think we finished 12th, if I'm not mistaken. I'm off the top of my head. And then 2015, it just, it just started. It kind of culminated the whole process we're in now kind of started. Um, that was a great, great team back in 2015. Um, we, Went to the conference meet, won it, and then um, if I'm not mistaken, what Ben Veach would have been at Carmel at that time. He might, I think he probably was a senior, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because he was in Trevor Thompson's class. And um, mm-hmm. if I remember right, they won sectional, then we beat them at regional, and it just kind of kept going back and forth. And then state meet, they won, and we finished second, and Westfield finished third. And then 2016, we finished fourth. 2017 finished second again 2018 which was one of our best teams we've ever had finished third and pretty close to me and 2019 we had a great team in 2019 but we just came up a little short um and then 2020 and then last year um it, i mean it's all kind of special and just, it's just it's just been a fantastic ride to be honest with you um mm-hmm. i will say though I, I think 2018 was probably yes we finished there in a great it's probably the one that took me the longest to get over as a coach mm-hmm. um so in 2018 i remember we went to peoria um we won as a team which typically when we went to peoria we finished fourth fifth sixth seventh mm-hmm. eighth ninth, i mean but we went to peoria that year and won and i was like oh my dear lord how good <laughs> I was like because i was like because I mean, it's a it's a it's a quality meet that early in the yeah. season, and I just knew from past past experiences that we had something there. So, and then like we we typically and we we now travel still the same weekend, but we we're going to Mason, Ohio. We did last year, um, but we rest people for the Flash Hog weekend, and we've been doing that since probably about 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then we came back the Monday after Flash Rock and we were doing one of our tempo workouts. And all of a sudden, two miles in, Will Clark mm-hmm. turns the corner down about, I, I can see down the road about 200 meters or so, or, you know, 300 meters. And he's limping like a wounded deer. And oh my goodness. I mean, there's our number two and end up being, he had, he had a stress fracture and um, we lost him for the year. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it, I mean, that one, and just thinking about like, and this probably happens, you know, every team deals with injuries and things. I mean, I remember back in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, Carmel had a few injuries to some really um, important runners that didn't get to mm-hmm. run a state or maybe didn't have the state they should have had. But that, that, that was a hard one to get over. Um, I know Will for a while blamed himself in some ways that, you know, if I wouldn't have got hurt, who knows what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, I kind of blame myself, like, did I do something wrong? I mean, I, I, I kind of, what I, what I learned through those dark years is that <laughs> um, you can't, I mean, a runner's not no good to your team if he's injured. So right. your prevention needs to be a huge part of what you do. Not only that, just being really meticulous about the way you kind of guide these runners in their progression over their four years. And just because if they're not racing, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're not scoring. They're not, they're not improving. They're not, you know, it's, it's not the best thing for the team. Mm-hmm. So th- that year is really, really hard to get over. I think. Um, and I, le- I learned a lot too. Um, but I mean, in all these, man, was it, like I said, 17 years, I've, I've tried a bunch of different things with these athletes. Um, mm-hmm. um, I know back in the day with Kale Allen, Alex Shields, and all those guys, I mean, it'll be crazy people hear this, but they were doing hundred miles a week. Yeah. Yep. I mean, in the winter and they would go to Fort Bend in the winter and they would do 24, 22 mile runs on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and hindsight, <laughs> probably a horrible coaching decision. I mean, you as a 5k runner, you don't only be doing hundred miles a week. <laughs> right. But I mean, I, I've tried so many different approaches over the years, um, constantly changing and doing just tinkering with things. And looking back, what did I do this year? What went wrong? What went right? Um, how can I apply it to the runners I have? Because I think if you keep everything in the same box, well, that's just assuming all the runners are the same and they're not. Mm-hmm. So you, you constantly have to be evolving as a coach mm-hmm. and experimenting and trying new things and just kind of talking to your runners, not only the runners that you have, but also I, I love talking to my alumni. They go on mm-hmm. to run in college, like saying, Hey, looking back a year later, what went right? What went wrong? Mm-hmm. Now you, you're in a different program. What did you enjoy? What do you think we need to fix in our program? Well, what do I need to look at? And I think that's really valuable is to yeah. talk to your alumni who are running collegiately. Yeah. I like that. Um, so obviously like training is a, and writing good training is a super important aspect of a, a winning program, but how has it been building a winning culture? I feel like when I was there, we, we were kind of the roots of it, like you were saying, but things have definitely, I remember after I graduated and coming back to a couple of meets and seeing some guys that like, maybe weren't the most talented or weren't the most athletic running super well and super bought in. And so, yeah. What, what was that transition through the years of building that culture? Like, um, well, I think 
back in those dark years, like I said, our culture wasn't the best. And it was really me kind of looking back and having an honest reflection about what was my role in all that, you know? And I kind of eventually just talking to some people, especially some at that time would have been Kel Allen, Drew Shield, just stripping the program down to its, its bare and just making it as simple as we could and getting rid of all the fluff. Um, mm-hmm. Back in those years, we, we did a team camp, you know, um, for what, almost a week, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Indiana and stayed in the cabin. And then we also used to have all these Friday morning practices where you'd have pancakes made and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, well, it was a culmination of things. One, I think some, I knew something had to change. B, also, I mean, my, I had a young family at the time. So mm-hmm. going to a team camp in early August and being away from my family, my wife, my kids, it just wasn't something I was okay with, especially when mm-hmm. my wife, Casey, and my kids, they, they already give up so much of my time with me in, in the fall on every Saturday, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. off for eight, 10 hours, 12 hours, and then also in the spring and track and field. So it was like, really, do we need to do a team camp? And all that, if you remember, um, where we were staying, and we, we were going to keep staying there, um, we had to leave probably about 20 athletes home due to just space limitations. Yeah. And just thinking more like, is that really, is that really conducive to building a overall winning program? Mm-hmm. Cause those 20 guys who are staying home in two, three years, they could be your varsity guys. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's just, I mean, we just stripped everything down bare. we no longer do the team camp. We don't have morning practices anymore. Um, we try to keep our, our guys on a, on a kind of keep them in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Just, making running the, the center, the focus of everything. And I, I remember I had a long talk with Kel, Kel Allen and Drew Shields about what was going on within the program. And we were doing, even back then, we were doing goal setting meetings and all this other stuff and goals as a team, and all this other stuff. And then I remember, I don't know the exact, what how Kel um, phrased it, but he goes, the goal just needs to be the day, the, the daily process, the day in, mm-hmm. day out running that has to be the goal um when you make state the goal or winning state or getting a medal state the goal that's the outcome that's that's mm-hmm. not the goal um and that's just kind of how I've, I've taken it over the past 10 to 15 years is that if, if you're not doing the daily things right if you're not doing the little things right um then the the nothing it, it's not going to work the way you want it to work but if mm-hmm. you do the, the, if you focus on the day in, day out, um, everything else is going to take care of itself. Not only that, I mean, you can't control what other teams are doing. You know, control what you can control. And I think as I learned that as a coach and I learned to somehow kind of get the team to buy into that, it, it's kind of taken off since then. And, um, I mean, I, t- I told my parents at the parent meeting this year, I mean, this, the philosophy is pretty simple now. Um, simple, stupid, successful. I mean, is, I mean, we, we, I mean, if we can get what we need to get done in a half hour to 45 minutes, we're going to get done in a half hour, 45 minutes. And the boys are free to go. Mm-hmm. Practice over. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see why you always have to have practice speed two, two and a half hours. If it doesn't, yeah. matter. Um, I think there also has to be some ownership from the boys so i mean if they want to do extra core extra that that needs to be something they do 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so it, and it's just, I mean, we got those teams back in the early 2015s and that range to buy in and it's kind of snowballed that because it's something that every every graduating class passes on this is how we do things mm-hmm. uh, the teams will i mean sometimes they'll call team only meetings i don't even know about mm-hmm. just talked with each other and, for, and, and i mean that's what you want they're, they're taking ownership in what they're doing and and they're running for each other and that's the most important thing is that it, it, it's it's their program i'm just there you know to help kind of guide the ship mm-hmm. i like that um, partly selfish question, but, uh, thinking back to your early days of coaching or even now, uh, what would be your word of advice to assistant coaches? Like how can they best assist their head coach and like support their programs? Um, find out where you stand, you know, like what, 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 what are the expectations of the head coach from you, you know, and then delve into it, just mm-hmm. dive in. Um, and if you're an assistant coach and you want to be a head coach, I would say, let the head coach know that. And like, for me, like, I'd want to know, like, if I have an assistant who wants to be a head coach, because mm. that will change price the way I approach that coach as compared to a coach I know just wants to be an assistant. Mm. You know? Um, but also as an assistant coach, I think write it right down, just write down your thoughts, write down what goes on, write down what you might do different, what you, what you agree with and just become your own coach. Don't become a coach who coaches who reads, reads a book or who, um, or who goes to a clinic and just hears some new coaching philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually think typically athletes see through that, to be honest with you, if you're constantly changing your philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, doing the new thing, I mean, don't coach out of like a binder or anything, just, I mean, there's an art to coaching that is, I mean, you, you only learn with experience and probably um, failures and successes, you know, I mean, don't, don't be afraid when you do fail as a coach, let your athletes know, like, mm-hmm. I, I have no problem letting athletes know, like, like, Hey man, that, that I messed that up, you know, Yeah. I, which it takes time to learn. Cause back when I was younger, I would just blame athletes and that's just, mm-hmm that's a, that's just a, it's a childish thing to do. Um, but in the end, you're in this together with you and the athletes and the parents and the school and this, it, I mean, just, just as an assistant coach, just delve into it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And don't, and I mean, I'll be honest, especially if you're new, don't be afraid to be a volunteer coach. Mm. Right. You, you, you helped out as a volunteer with us for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I was a volunteer coach for two and a half years in Mount Vernon. I didn't get paid a dime. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I mean, it, it is definitely another part of my foundation as a coach was those years because you're doing it because you want to do it. I mean, there's no monetary incentive or anything. You're just out there just helping the kids learning and just helping them just be better runners, but also just be better men. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, Similar question. What would be your advice to a young head coach? Um, someone who's trying to build a program, someone who's just starting out. Same thing. I, I you, you know, this, I, I write down a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but also when you're, when, if you're, if you're taking splits or doing stuff like for 
So if any of our varsity workouts or our, what I call our primary group workouts, I write everything down, like all our splits, everything. And I, mainly it's just so I can track things from year to year, but we don't take any splits at meets because mm-hmm. I used to do that, but then I realized I never actually used it, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, write down your thoughts um, after every meet, every practice also, if, if it's a great race or if it's a bad race, um, just keep everything in perspective, um, especially bad races. I mean, or what appear when you see the initial, like as, as the results are coming in, what appears to be a bad race, maybe take a step back. And before you talk to your team, talk to your boys, um, think it through, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I'll just use this past Saturday as an example, right? Um, Hamilton County meet, um, Carmel, outstanding 19 points um Noblesville what I think it was 55 we were 72 so just on the surface like oh my dear lord what the (laughs) what just happened here (laughs) Um, but then when you just kind of take a step back and look and I mean it gets back to like I don't know what Carmel and Noblesville are doing like Mm -hmm. that's not inside my sphere of influence or I don't know what they're where they're at in their training I don't know what they're doing I know what we're doing though and when I look back at meets around this time of year, we, we actually had a fantastic meet. Mm-hmm. So just, and that just relates to the whole thing. Keep things in perspective as much as you can. Um, never get too high, never get too low. And oh, as I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've heard the saying, or be a goldfish because they have short, short, short-term memories. And just, <laughs> I mean, just move on immediately. And, I, and it's something I've always talked to the, the guys about is like, if it's a bad race, move on. But if it's a good race, move on too. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't dwell on either of them. You just need to move on to the next day because it's 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 a process. It's just one step after another, one step after another, and then hopefully, if you do it, if you you know you do everything right during the year, come that state meet, um, you put the best version of yourself out on that course at Laverne, and whatever happens is what happens. I mean, I think that's like when I look back at all in 2019, we didn't know, but also we didn't put the best version of ourselves on that course. So that's why it was so hard. Whereas last year um, we put a great version of ourselves on that course. And if we would have finished six, it would have been, I mean, we couldn't race any better last, last year. Mm-hmm. And it's just all about being the best version of yourself on that day. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so fall of 2022 cross country season is upon us. Um, yep. How are you feeling about, season about your team what are you looking forward to um well looking forward to this saturday when we go out to the state preview there um center grover be there um zions will be there valpo will be there um it's always great to get on laverne um you know this everything we do within our program is geared towards laverne um mm-hmm. we practice at northview once a week because in central indiana it's the best version of laverne we can get um but everything's geared towards that. So it's great getting out there. So that's our focus right now. And then after Laverne, we'll be focused on Mason, Ohio. Then after that, we'll take a week off with the varsity guys and we'll be at HCC. So um, I like where we're at right now. I know it's after, but we'll see how we respond after County. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, we're, we're training, we're training great. Um, We've had some boys, um, show up that we didn't expect to, you know, be as good as they are. They've had major improvements. Um, 
Sam is doing, I mean, he's just, he's, he's, a, he's a different level. Yeah. Um, wait to see what he can accomplish here this year. And in the, in the future, um, and we have a great, great, great group of seniors who are um, great leaders and they also know what we want to do and know how we want to do things. And they're doing a great job leading our younger athletes, but um, I'm really excited where we're at, but where does that happen in the end? I don't know, but I'm Absolutely. just how it all plays out. Yep. A lot to be excited about for sure. Uh, well, I appreciate your time late on a, what is it? A Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else? you want to share before we wrap things up um not really um just it's great talking to you and um good luck to you yeah <laughs> the enemy and, um, best luck to all the um, teams out there this weekend and uh, heading forward and hope everyone has a great um fall season awesome thank you yeah i want to say i'll, I'll wrap up here uh it's been really cool just to see you grow as as a coach as a person um yeah just observing up close while i was there then from afar it's been cool to see you and the program grow and i don't know i never thought we'd be sitting here me interviewing you <laughs> um be coaching for the enemy school but life just works out that way sometimes yeah so no, yeah, no well, thank feelings. you Lee. no hard yeah. feeling <laughs> yep it's all love awesome yeah. well thank you guys until next time Thank you.